welcome to the New Stories Podcast. In this episode, Dr. Rodney Glasgow, head of Sandy Spring Friends School, interviews Shoshana Sumka, SSFS alum, about experiential education and her work at Independent Schools Experiential Education Network. Well, Shoshana, thank you so much for virtually dropping in. Uh, and I was thinking about how you and I met, which was sort of through this, this wonderful happenstance of the universe where you were doing this awesome conference and I had the honor of being asked to speak um, at it. And I said, let me check my, my calendar because I'm moving over to Sandy Spring Friends School. And you go, oh, I went there. <laughs> and so tell us what you're doing now. Um, and then I'd love to hear just how you got to Sandy Spring Friends School. Thanks. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Ronnie. It's great to, to have the opportunity to talk with you. So right now, I'm leading an organization called ICEN. It's the Independent Schools Experiential Education Network. And we work with independent schools like Sandy Spring Friends School, who have a deep belief in experiential learning as um, a way to transform learning um, through doing and involving the whole person in education. So wow. we do, yeah, we do trainings and conferences and institutes for teachers and educators to share best ideas, practices, um, share program resources, and basically form a network of like-minded educators to do this work better. Mm. And I know you and I are about to do a, a workshop together later this month about what is experiential education, but, but for the, the sake of, of folks watching us today, give us a snippet of when you say experiential education, what that means. Yeah, well, I can give you ICEN's definition of experiential education. This is the one that we've been using for a while. It's experiential education is a pedagogical process by which educators engage students through a cycle of direct experience, reflection, analysis, and experimentation. So this flows from the Kolb cycle, um, which was a study around how people learn best. And we believe that experiential education values personal connection to deep and applied learning, and it inspires growth in both the student and teacher. So, so Shana, thinking about all that's going on like in the world right now, in our country specifically, and, and we're seeing the national uprising around racial justice, we're watching election 2020, how does experiential education fit the moment? Yeah, well, it's so great that you asked that question. I was thinking about that. I mean, experiential education is good education, but that's not why we do it. I mean, it's great. You can do studies on the brain and how people learn best. You remember what you do rather than than you know, what you read or what you hear, but it's not just because it's good education. It's about the connection to our democracy and needing an engaged citizenship and people learning about the real world. So that's one of the pieces of experiential education. That's one of the core educational components is relevance. How yeah. is what I'm learning relevant to the world I'm living in today. And you want students to make those connections that what they're learning is relevant. And so how do you tie math into um, injustices? And how do you tie 
English into inequalities and really making sure that you're making those connections between what we're living now and the racial justice uprising and and having students engage and involved in the election is about making their education relevant to them and the world and making a difference and, you know, really, really making positive change and especially looking at a school like Sandy Spring Friends working towards peace and justice and equality in a way that students are engaged and, and active in their communities. It's just so key to experiential ed. Wow. So tell us, what was your journey to Norwood Road? How did you end up at Sandy Spring So I'm uh, from Silver Spring, Maryland. I grew up here since I was five, and I was in Montgomery County Public Schools from kindergarten through ninth grade. And I, I had a, a, a rough road uh, when I was in high school, um, went to a really big high school, got lost in the crowd. And my parents found Sandy Spring Friends. I actually don't even know how they found it. And I went a little bit kicking and screaming. I don't know how I passed the admissions interview because I don't think I wanted to be there. (laughs) But luckily, luckily they accepted me. And I started Sandy Spring in 10th grade. And it was really transformative for me, life, life-changing. I don't think, I don't think I'd be where I am today if it hadn't been for Sandy Spring Friends. Wow. So in my opening talk to parents this week, I likened Sandy Spring Friends to the, the set of keys you've been looking for all along and they were sitting right in front of you, but somehow you missed it until you found it. Mm-hmm. What did you find here that you were like, this is what I have been missing? Yeah, well, the most important thing is that I found teachers and students and educators who cared about me as a person, who cared about me as a whole person in all aspects of my life. And I wasn't just a number of a thousand students, but they knew my name and I was able to not only thrive academically, but also just in, I guess, what you would call the extracurricular activities. I was really involved in the dance program. And that had always been something that was separate from my life. I took dance classes outside of school, but now dance became part of school and who I was at school. And it was really um, meaningful for me to be known at school as, you know, as someone in the dance program. Mm, that bringing that sense of self to the campus. Yeah. It's, it's so big. I mean, you and I always have a synergy, but but I've been talking a lot about belonging, and that's essentially yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely created a sense of belonging. Yeah. Wow. So, so then from here, what happened? <laughs> well, <laughs> so I really became, um, I guess I fell in love with Quaker values. You know, those values, Quaker values of education, of peace and justice. The ideas around silence, that reflection piece, which is part of experiential education. And, um, and I ended up going to a Quaker college. And wow. that, you know, wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have heard of it if it hadn't been for Sandy Spring Friends School. And then I did, when I graduated, I did an internship at the William Penn House, which is a Quaker Peace and Justice Center in Washington, D.C. So that started my career down this path. Um, so it, I really do have my my whole adult life to thank for Sandy Spring Friends. 
<laughs> that is incredible. And, and would you consider yourself a, a Quaker? Well, that's a good question. So I grew up Jewish. My whole family's Jewish, but I found a lot of connections between Quaker values and Jewish values. And I and um, and still practicing Jewish, um, uh, you know, practicing in the Jewish community. And I feel very at home in the Quaker community, you know, going to Quaker meeting and, and being um, being in in sort of the Quaker environment is feels very much at home to me. Awesome. Well, I just love the multiplicity of that. And I know that you're someone, too, who has a deep connection to justice and diversity work and just the passion around those Quaker values and, and also Jewish values of honoring right, the individual and what the individual could do to transform. And, and that's a lot of the work you're doing now. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I'm really excited about the work we're doing with ICEN is bringing a social justice lens to experiential education. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I really learned and valued, I guess one of the most memorable experiences for me at Sandy Spring Friends School was what now I know to call experiential education was the intercession program. Huh. And so when I think back about the things that, that I've kept um, was my first intercession was a weaving program. And I would have never thought that I'd learn how to weave on a loom, but I brought, I brought some props. I brought some show and tell, if you don't mind. I put nice. from my photo album. I had to take it out of the three ring binder, but that's me holding up the blanket that I wove in my very first intercession in 10th grade. And then, um, and then I still have that blanket that I made. Look at and, that. And yeah, yeah. So it's- You made that blanket. I made this blanket. I made this blanket with my own hands. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And it was from, from my time at Sandy Springs. So it's just something that I really value a lot was that ability you know just to learn something new and to get outside your head and, and um do this repetitive motion i'm doing like with the loom and the, the i don't even remember what they're all called but it just um it was really a memorable experience for me and my next year the next intercession that i went on was to belize and this was um you know in the late 80s and it was still very much a developing country and I learned so much about the Ketchi Mayan community that we lived with. I pulled out, we all had the same pictures, but I pulled out a, another page of pictures from our, um, oh, from our look at that. program. Yeah, we oh. got to, yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you see which one? I, I'm in the tie-dye. That's me. Is that, uh, <laughs> with the 80s cut, I can see it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Should never have bangs with curly hair. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that experience really opened up the world to me. I ended up um, becoming a global nomad. I lived all over the world, and that was my first experience. Um, really interacting and learning from people in another culture outside of the U.S. And it helped me see myself as an American and identify my American identity and what that means. 
And then it also opened up um, my passion and and love of studying cross-cultural communication, which I did through an anthropology degree. Mm. Wow. Just so fascinating. From basket weaving to Belize, I could see it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But just really incredible. And now, of course, we as a school have the pleasure of being a member school of ICEAM and having you leading that awesome organization, which several private schools in this D.C. area and nationally are a part of. I mean, it's just a really incredible full circle story. It is really incredible. I mean, I was so glad um, to welcome Sandy Spring Friends School as one of our newest IC members. We have a little over 100 member schools and organizations around North America and beyond. And, you know, schools like Sandy Spring that have such a deep commitment to experiential education and those values of teaching to the whole student. Um, So we're really glad um, to, you know, welcome you as part of this network of great, awesome educators wanting to wanting to do better and, and be together and support each other. It's so good. And in this time of virtual learning, and I'll cheat a little bit because you and I were just together in an ICEAM workshop all about this, but how do you do experiential education, which we think is so hands-on and in-person, and, you know, we're virtual this semester. How do you do that and still be in a virtual setting? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we had to pivot like everyone else. And when the pandemic hit, we were stumped. We thought, well, how can we do this? We always think of experiential education as going on trips, the intercession, the doing outdoor education or global travel. And what we realized is that we had to distill it down to what are the core components of experiential education. And one of those core components is the human connection. So how do you connect with another human being? And if you can't do it by having a challenging experience together on a ropes course, then you do it through the virtual setting. And we really learned a lot about ways to use technology, to use videos, to bring games and joy and movement and kinesthetic learning to a little Zoom box and um, playing. I don't remember what what they call it, but I call it Zoom Twister, where you put your right elbow in the right corner and you put your left elbow in the top left corner and Mm -hmm. just doing things to get people moving and, and to build community, which it turns out is possible in a virtual environment. Well, it's, it's, it's so key, right? And it's teaching us all a different way of educating, but that still honors the connection part of education, which as we know, when we go back through the theorists, Mead and Vygotsky and Dewey, right? They're all talking about connection is the thing that makes learning, right? Yeah. And learning is a social hands-on experiential endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and translating that virtually is so powerful. And I, I was so thankful for the workshop I attended with you because it it made me feel so good about the work we're doing virtually this year because we're doing all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we sat down and really talked about was, okay, we want to put out an academic schedule that has all the social components to it as well because we know how key those are yeah. to education. Felt so affirmed um, by mm-hmm. that and by our direction in that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that's one of the things that we've learned is connection before content. You know, the content isn't going to stick unless you're feeling you're feeling that connection, and and people are going to remember. You know, the quote how um, how you made them feel 
And so did they feel that sense of belonging? Did they feel um, happy? Did they feel joyous? And then also they'll remember the learning and the academic content. And, and um, that, that's what makes it sticky. That's what makes it stick. That's right. Well, I, I'm so thankful for this conversation, for every conversation I get to have with you. And, and as we wrap up, I guess my final question would be, if you had to, to describe or distill down what, what this place, Sandy Spring Friends, meant to you and, and your life's journey, what would you say? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to talk about it sometimes without getting emotional, but it really was a place that allowed me to flourish and grow and, and to become myself and who I was meant to be. Mm. Well, so important. And we're so glad that happened for you. And, and from the alums I've talked to, it's happened for, for all of them. And um, <laughs> it's happening right now. Right? Yeah, it's, really a special, it's really a special place. It's really a special place. And, and it's obviously it's in a beautiful setting in the woods and out Norwood Road. Um, but as you can see in the virtual environment, it's really, it's not about the buildings and the place, but it's about the people and the feelings and the values that, that you hold dear. So that's, that's really exactly. great that you're continuing that. 